everybody welcome to the pinball podcast this is our first location feature um i am joined today by laura fraley from the richmond pinball collective in richmond virginia hey laura hey jess how you doing i am doing spectacularly well now that i can hear your sunshiny voice on the other end of this recording how are you i am pretty good um now that i can hear your uh, slightly partly cloudy, sunshiny voice with a chance of fifteen percent chance of rain. <laughs> I feel like that's Florida at all times, so appropriate. Um, so I am going to full disclosure say I have not yet been to the collective, but I have been wanting to come visit you and everyone and check out the collective for a long time. Um, when did you guys get started? Um, we opened in March of 2017, so Excellent. it's been just over four years. Nice. Uh, what is your favorite thing about the collective or like most unique thing about the collective for people who haven't been there? Um, other than the pinball, um, let's see. So I think because we sort of opened with a uh, membership aspect uh, that actually has been a blessing in disguise for us instead of just you know opening a business um you know like a barcade we you know decided to do the nonprofit social club route so we have membership um options and we were kind of nervous about it at first because we weren't sure who was going to commit to a membership but it actually ended up being pretty awesome because now everyone feels like they have a piece of the club and it's created this community um, with people that we knew who played pinball at house leagues before. Um, but now they, I mean, they're a bunch of new people that just kind of heard about us and joined and everyone's just kind of this, it's kind of this elite, uh, you know, knock three times sort of club, <laughs> you know, vibe that, that we have, which is really cool. And everyone is, I mean, we have, you know, people going out to other locations and, and putting their initials in on pinball machines as RPC. So that's pretty cool. Nice. And, yeah. Do you have one of those sliding peepholes? No, but I'd door? like one in the future. It's on the list. <laughs> okay. I'm going to be real disappointed if by the time I get there, it has not been installed. Oh my gosh. Writing it down right now. <laughs> sliding peephole. You're going to have to uh, like wear a carnation and slip me a piece of paper that has the password on it. I to see get you in. have some experience with this. <laughs> sort of. I don't know what you're talking about. There actually no, there was a bar easy. when I lived in Chicago, there was a bar that was run by this older Ukrainian man and you did have to knock and he would have to come. Like he was the bartender and the busser and the doorman. And he so kept the house. door locked. It was basically his house. So unmarked door. Uh, the, the first time I went there, I was taken there by Cynthia Plastercaster, of all people. Um, and you had to wait for him to like shuffle from around the bar, come open the door. He would give you the once over to see if he thought you were going to rob him or something and then let you in. And once he let you in, he locked the door again. Like you were locked in the bar until he let you out. 
sounds amazing. We could yeah. lock people into the collective, but um, yeah. they would basically just be able to reach up and turn the deadbolt and get out. So, yeah. I mean, I guess in theory, I could have just unlocked it myself, but then it would, then he would be vulnerable. Right. So you just when, like to shake it back and forth and scream like, let me. Yeah, pretty much. It was probably the chillest bar I've ever been to in my life. It was just one kind of beer and this old guy. And it was great. Um, <laughs> okay. So secret passwords and sliding peepholes. Excellent. That's my favorite thing about your location also. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's not actually a thing that exists yet though, but <laughs> got it on the, uh, you know, the, t- uh, the one month plan. Perfect. When are you coming? Uh, <laughs> I'll have to, as soon as I book my flight, I'll let you know. Cool. Give you a heads up. (laughs) Perfect. Um, Okay. So I know this is a subjective kind of thing, but what do you feel is the most underrated game at the collective? And why do you think that people should give it more of a chance? I feel like Dirty Harry is the most underrated game at the collective. (laughs) And it's because it's it's amazing and no one wants to give it a chance because they just look at it and they're like, ah, oh, Dirty Harry. No, let's go play Jurassic Park. I don't know. It's it's kind of deepish for its time. Yeah. Um, it's got a lot of fun shots. It's, you know, tons of modes. The callouts are hilarious. <laughs> the animations are good. Um, and also when you shoot the left orbit and hold up the right upper flipper, it goes plop right into the... Um, the uh, headquarters scoop and it's just such a satisfying shot if you just hold up that upper right flipper it just clunk i mean most of the time at any speed really i'm gonna have to try that i'm always trying to hit the upper ramp so i don't think i ever thought to do anything with that upper flipper other than the ramp Hmm. i could never go for the ramp because the the other shot is just so satisfying so even if the ramp is is more worth it. I, I'm not going to go for it. I'm always going to go for the headquarters scoop. Nothing's okay. lit. I'm going for the scoop. Doesn't matter. Well, that's the first game that I'm going to play. And the first thing I'm going to try when I get to the collective. Sounds I like great. This. Okay. See you next month. <laughs> Perfect. Um, what is one game that's on your wish list that you want to have in the collective that you don't have, or maybe you did it one time and you got rid of it and now you're having regrets? Oh boy. Um, now I'm having regrets. Uh, well, I don't know. You know, we just really want a wide variety of games from all eras. Um, I thought about this a little bit and I, I think I would say maybe like, um, a spooky game, like a TNA or Alice Cooper. Yeah. Uh, We do have America's most haunted in there. Nice. Um, than you know a tna or an alice cooper but i love that company and i think that they're just such a great family company just really love pinball and the spirit of pinball is sort of you know really just well i don't know uh shown through them and i just i would love to have more of their games i just feel like we don't have enough of those on location anywhere and yeah so yeah Well, and you got to like, it's fun as a community because we all got to kind of go on the journey with Spooky as they built up and turned into a pinball company, like podcast and like you really get to hear the passion about it and then go through their whole experience as a company has kind of happened in front of us. So we're kind of watching Spooky grow up as a manufacturer, which is really exciting. Yeah. Um, 
And talk about great call-outs and sense of humor. We just got in America's Most Haunted, and I love it. Like, the fact that there's a Tommy Wiseau ghost makes me so very happy. (laughs) I cannot control my giddiness when he says, you are tearing me apart, ghost hunters. And I'm just like, this is the best thing. I don't know how this happened, but I'm really glad it did. So, um, yeah, no, that's definitely... um, definitely a great game to have out there that you don't see on location very often. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's super fun. I I think I fell in love with it a a few years ago when um, you hit the the stand-up targets and it goes, and then the LEDs (laughs) change color. The LEDs were so bright at this particular location. I'm like, oh my gosh, the whole color of the game has changed. I don't know why, but that, I mean, I really don't know much about the rules. I, I drain a lot in that game. And it just came to the collective like a month ago. Um, a friend of ours, a volunteer, uh, Dan Cotter, uh, lent it to us. So, which is the way it mostly is. Like most of these games are on loan from our members. Nice. So, do you guys kind of maintain them for them? Is that part of the arrangement? We do, unless they absolutely, you know, have a major problem that is not something. Um, that we can reasonably afford to do. But as far as like routine maintenance, like replacing rubbers and Clark, Clark's our tech. (laughs) And we have a couple (laughs) others that that do some work and a lot of our members do cleaning. We have routine cleaning, but um, yeah, we definitely agreed to, to to keep the the game in playable condition and, and clean and snazzy. Nice. I like that. Um, okay, so aside from the collective, what is your favorite place to go play pinball? Um, not a ton of locations in Richmond, but there are, you know, a couple of barcades which are are cool. But I think my favorite place, other than the collective, is other than my house and the collective, <laughs> <laughs> um, is this little brewery called Center of the Universe. It's in a town called Ashland that's just outside of Richmond and. Um, my friend Dan Farrell um, is an operator there and he has like, I think eight or nine games that he was finally just able to, um, you know, turn back on again because the the brewery was pretty conservative after COVID and didn't want, didn't want the pinball aspect uh, until recently, but now it looks great. And he's just such a great guy and it's a good collection that nothing overlaps with anything we have at the collective and yeah. So that's awesome. That's really nice that you have a whole separate set of games to go play. Oh yeah. Um, okay. So I know you're very musically inclined and I think anyone who knows Laura knows that uh, <laughs> she has a rich history with music. What is your favorite song that you will absolutely never get tired of hearing? I don't have one. Um, <laughs> there are so many, uh, so many favorite songs, but I guess I would say, pretty much any Morrissey song. Um, I'm a huge Smiths and Morrissey uh, fan. So um, everything, <laughs> but <laughs> let's go with every day is like Sunday because I can listen to that song um, every Sunday or every day of the week. I mean, it, it never gets, I never get bored of that song. I've probably listened to it. Um, I don't know. 500 times in my life, I guess, if I had to, had right. to guess. And I, I do the harmonies, which don't exist. There are no harmonies. <laughs> Morrissey does not do harmonies. So um, right. I do the wow. harmonies. He yeah. has not realized that I have made up, created great <laughs> harmonies to this song. And, you know, I once had a dream where I met him and 
um, I was like, Oh, Morrissey. It was at a, like a convention center. And I went up to him and I was like, Morrissey, I love you so much. And he was like, call me Steven. And I'll never, <laughs> never forget that dream. <laughs> it's the best dream I've ever had. Uh, I also, funny enough, call me Steven is the name of my Morrissey cover band. <laughs> You're such a liar. Don't tease me. <laughs> In your dream. Okay. That's... Oh, in my dream. <laughs> no, in no dream am I in any kind of band ever. So let's, uh, let's, we'll make that very clear. But I like that idea as maybe your Morrissey tribute band. I've That's... always wanted to be in a Morrissey tribute band. Well, you've got your name now. Call <sighs> me Steven. Coming to the stage. Call me Steven. <laughs> no Wait, one this... will get it. No one will get it. <laughs> But that's all right. I think that's okay. I think it's better that way. And then one day when you're like super mega famous, like all cover band artists, someone will find this podcast and they will know the origin of the name. And then they're going to feel like the biggest ultra mega fan ever. Right. There's nothing I've thought about more at the age of 42 than how to become famous. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, wow, my life is just beginning. Let's... (laughs) figure out what I can do to become famous. Um, t- 42. It's the answer to life, the universe and everything. And apparently the answer is at what age do I start my Morrissey cover band? 55. Mm, all right. That's fair. Um, favorite as, as we're enjoying uh, beverages here tonight, having a nice, lovely recording together. What's your favorite beverage? Um, I like everything that goes in my mouth. Um, that is wet. That did not come out. <laughs> I'm like, you're trying to make it sound better, but you're just making it worse. It's I fine. know. So right now I'm drinking a delicious um, stout, but that's not my favorite beverage. It's just a delicious beverage. Uh, if we're talking about non-alcoholic, I'm a coffee freak. Um, Got to have coffee a couple times mm-hmm. a day. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really matter, um, you know, what's in it. I don't, I can drink it black or I can drink it with sugar and cream. doesn't matter as long as it's delicious, good coffee. That's just been freshly ground. Um, Is there a talking, coffee place that you like to get your coffee there? Um, well, I mean, I kind of just like play around. I can't commit to favorite anything. I'm not very good at, at favorites. I just like a lot of things. So there's yeah. you know, a local place Blanchard's that's really good. Um, but really anything I like to try so much stuff. I can't, I cannot figure out a favorite coffee. I don't, I don't stick to anything. Um, I order something new off of a menu every single time I go to a restaurant. So, um, but yeah, as far as alcohol goes, I like a super dry red wine, like um, not too picky about the grape, but Chianti um, is delicious, just like super dry. So it sucks the moisture out of my mouth because (laughs) I am nothing sweet. (laughs) Don't like sweets at all. So then you're preparing yourself to drink additional beverages, which are wet, which will then re-moisturize. So wet. (laughs) Okay. And I love that you've set yourself by saying you have no favorites as I stare at a list of your favorite things that I'm about to ask you. So I know how this is proceeding. All right. Uh, You... You can't, you don't never have a favorite thing on the menu, but is there a favorite menu? What's your favorite local restaurant? If I'm like, I'm going to take you out to dinner, you pick the place. Where are we going? I don't have a favorite local restaurant, but I will tell you a good <laughs> local restaurant. <laughs> there are lots of good local restaurants. So 
Uh, La Milpa is the super great local, uh, authentic, you know, taco joint that's open 24 hours. So sober, Ooh. drunk, you can take me out to there. Uh, I like to order in Spanish because that way um, the order actually is correct when I get it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my Spanish kind of sucks a little bit. So I'm just up there like, Lechuga. <laughs> So bad. Like I, I used to speak decent Spanish, but it's kind of like gone by the wayside. But yeah, that place is awesome. And they have like 15 different types of hot sauce. I'm a hot sauce freak. Ooh, so. Me too. All right. I have some recommendations for you. I know you don't have a favorite, but I, I'll suggest some hot sauces for you to try. Um, I like I like the idea. We are going to go to this restaurant while liquored up late night after a collective because I just want to hear you poorly and drunkenly order an Espanol. <laughs> I'm making my list. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to write that order down beforehand and then memorize it. <laughs> so you're going to think I'm the best Spanish speaker you've ever heard. You'll be like, wow, she is so cultured and with it. <laughs> She's even better after a bottle of wine. This is great. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, I know you don't have a favorite one because here, this is how this is how this uh, interview is tipping me uh, off to uh, to the Laura-isms. Okay. Uh, action movies. Is there one you particularly like? I can tell you that action movies are not my favorite genre. <laughs> um, I do have a favorite genre, I think, which would uh -huh. be drama or thriller. So for favorite action movie, I would say if you're talking about like straight action, um, yeah, I'm just going to fall into the diehard boat like everybody else does. It's not a Christmas movie. It is an action movie. Um, Can it not, be both? No, it's not a Christmas movie. <laughs> it has Christmas and Hollis. They have jingle bells playing. There's a Christmas tree. They're at a Christmas you know, party. There are movies that, that take place on Flag Day that we don't call Flag Day movies. So... Well, I yeah, clearly think we should clearly start compiling a list of Flag Day movies to be watched in celebration. I don't of remember holiday. when Flag Day is. When's Flag Day? I feel like it happened recently. <laughs> we missed out. Oh. Okay, next year. Flag Day 2022 movie marathon. We're going to plan it out. <laughs> I don't think you can find a single Flag Day movie. You've provided me a challenge now, and I am up for it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that exists. Um, but it, yeah, as far, let me finish this question. Um, <laughs> so if you stretch the genre to be like action thrillers, then I have yes. a lot of those. Um, so Jaws and Alien would be, you know, but they're not really action movies. Mm -hmm. they're, they're action thrillers. Yeah, I'll take that. I will accept that. Um, okay. Favorite artist. Not, doesn't have to be a pinball based artist. Just someone who makes art that you look at and you go, that's amazing. Okay. Yeah. I have an answer to this one. I actually do have a favorite. It's uh, Kandinsky, the Russian artist. Um, I am obsessed with his work. Um, he does not create art because he is dead. Um, <laughs> but he created a lot of art and you should, if you're not familiar with him, I'm not really an art person, but I'm obsessed with him. It's, it's really abstract art, super colorful Bold, has a lot of um, different musical references in it. He he uh, claimed that he had synesthesia, so he thought that he could 
hear colors and shapes and things like that. And that's the way he painted and have a bunch of his stuff on my walls, which are, you know, obviously reproductions. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Like, is this when we discover that you're actually uh, an art collector with this extensive collection? (laughs) That would not be me. Um, No, but he, he is fantastic or was fantastic. I think he died in, um, yeah, the middle of the century sometime. And the work continues to be fantastic. I like it. All right. Uh, if we are going to hop in the car, I get to Richmond. We're there. We hang out for a few days. Going to hop in the car, go for a little trip. What's your go-to road trip destination? Uh, you are coming to the mountains with me. Um, I love uh, going to the mountains in Virginia. We have great mountains. Um, it's a quick two-hour trip in any, you know, not in any direction, but west, in, in any westward, westward westerly <laughs> direction. <laughs> when the wind blows west. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to the mountains. We're going to do a little bit of a hike, but not too long, maybe like a two or three mile hike. We're going to pop by a winery, you know, pick up a couple bottles, maybe have a glass outside. Then we're going to go back to our super rustic cabin and, um, you know, drink the remaining bottles that we have and we're just going to laugh and talk all night, go out, maybe catch a bear. Um, <laughs> not, not catch a bear, like, like trap a bear, like catch, catch the sight of a bear, maybe see a bear. I guess see would have been a better word. <laughs> maybe, maybe view, view a bear, view some wildlife. You know, like light of fire. This night has taken a very interesting turn. We're going to get sloshed on a couple bottles of wine. Then we're going out and we're going to catch us a bear. Yeah, I realized um, that was a poor word choice. We have have a lot of black bear here in Virginia. Um, Unfortunately, I've not been able to trap or catch one yet. But it's a long dream. You just keep trying. And Are you feeling this night? Are you feeling this night? I'm feeling this. Okay. Define rest. Is there running water? Oh, yeah. No, not like, mm. uh, not too crazy. I mean, I love camping too, but for the ideal night, you know, you want running water and an oven to cook some pizza in. Perfect. Um, yeah. We're going to make some I'm pizzas. <laughs> All right. I don't need to sell it anymore then. We're done. You don't. I mean, you've got, you've got, if you have running water, pizza, and bears. I'm in. <laughs> we're good. Oh That's man. Oh, you don't have to tell me where out. we're going. You're just like, just take them off. Good. I'm, I'm already in the car. All right. It's on. <laughs> All right. And perhaps um, the most important question that I'm going to ask you today before I let you go, Laura, how many pinballs can you fit into a 1953 Dodge and bumper car? What kind of silly person asks a question like that? For one thing, I know I'm answering a question with a question, but I had to look up what that was. I mean, I, I knew it was a bumper car and I was not surprised to find out that, yes, it was just a bumper car that was also built in 1953. Mm-hmm. And you want me to seriously answer this question? Yes, I am please. a very practical person. So I, I did think about this. Excellent. Um, I don't remember what I came up with when I thought about it, but I did think about it. Show your and work. It looked like it was maybe two feet by, uh, by like 
four or five feet. It looked pretty stable. So from a practical point of view, I think that I could balance um, and ratchet strap two pinball machines on top of it with a ratchet strap going underneath um, and maybe around the other side. <laughs> and then, you know, put put the bumper car into neutral so that we can push it. <laughs> so, so I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I could move. I mean, it'd be like, you know, basically like a hand truck um, right. but with, without, you know, the, the hand part. So got it. Okay. Perfect. If someone Thank can you. fit more than that, I would like to see it. It's <laughs> basically what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I like that you uh, took an engineering approach to this <laughs> and it was very measured and practical and literally measured. So uh, that's a, uh, that's excellent. Thank you for that. Um, all right. Well, that's all I had to ask you. So I think we're done here. Uh, <laughs> Laura, thank you very much for joining us to talk about the Richmond pinball collective. Uh, the Richmond pinball collective is located at 9550 Midlothian turnpike in unit 112, Richmond, Virginia. Two three two three five. Uh, their hours are odd. I've been informed. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, six p.m. to ten p.m. Tuesday, eleven. I'm assuming a.m. to three p.m. Saturday, one to seven p.m. Uh, they are a membership-based club. Uh, membership prices are thirty dollars month to month, or one hundred and twenty for six months. Non-members can drop by to check it out for ten dollars per visit. Uh, if you need to reach them with additional questions, their phone number is 804-544-1252. Their email address is richmondpinballcollective at gmail.com. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram, both under Richmond Pinball Collective. Um, and they have a long website. It's sites.google.com slash view slash Richmond Pinball Collective slash home. Most complex website reading i've ever done on the podcast so you know don't go there don't don't worry about the website you can find us on board award for that one but i <laughs> shared it all all the info crammed in there so that Excellent. no one can say that they cannot find you guys <laughs> laura thank you so much for coming on this has been really fun thanks jess thanks so much for having me and i miss absolutely. you absolutely i miss you too but i'll see you in a month for uh flag day movies and camping and secret passages wait that sounded weird okay thank you <laughs> all right bye